Hear ye, hear ye, and welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast. I am your host tonight, Justin Sandoval, a.k.a. Sandy, and I am not joined by T-Roll because, believe it or not, he is still out of this country. He is overseas. Uh, Let's see, he's been to the UK, he's been to Germany, he's been to the Netherlands, he's been all over. Uh, So yeah, good for him. He'll be back next week and to grace us with his presence, but... uh, um, until then, we still have our homeboy, uh, Anthony Amato. We like to call him Shimato. And uh, we are actually without Zach Markham tonight, Apple Zach's. Uh, he is actually uh, not doing too well. He's actually in the hospital. So um, much love out to him. If you got, yep, send him all your, uh, your prayers and thoughts, uh, Royal Geek Kingdom out there. Yep. Real quick, Zach, hope you feel better. T-Roll. You better not have better not jinx the U.S. tomorrow. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's being in Netherlands in the Netherlands and all that stuff. Yeah, not bring all that. I think he made it a point to not be not be there in enemy territory because uh, that would be a big time jinx. So yes, I'm, I'm, I hope he I hope he doesn't. I really do. But uh, yeah, anyway, we're talking World Cup here, and uh, yes, that's what T Roll's doing. Actually, I don't know. I don't think we actually explained that, but uh, T Roll is. Uh, he's geeking out about soccer, man. He is over there in the World Cup. Uh, well, he's in Europe, but what he's doing is pretty impressive. So, yes. for example, when Germany played, he was in Germany at a German bar, yeah, uh, rooting for Germany. So, like that atmosphere had to have been like fantastic. Yes, that had to have been pretty legit. Yeah. And uh, when Netherlands played, he was out there <laughs> rooting for them. Uh, but yeah, it was it craziness, man, craziness. So, uh, T-Roll, we miss you. Shout out. But uh, anyway, so what does that mean for the, this episode? There's only one thing and one thing and only. Shimato and I, we have, the, we have the taken over, all right? Yes. And we are movie fanatics. Uh, Shimato and my uh, friendship really just flourished with movies and everything movies. Um, at one point, I feel like we had a comp- competition on who had a bigger collection of, of movies. Yes. Um, we would go back and forth. Oh, you got this. Yeah, I got that. Okay. Do you have this? Yep. We went back and forth. Um, which collector's edition did we get this year? That kind of thing. Right. But uh, but yeah. So we're gonna be doing a top, uh, top grossing movies bracket yes. tonight. So that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty exciting. Um, so uh, that'll be a little bit later. Um, but we do want to touch on a little bit of uh, of news. We did have uh, some pretty big trailers drop recently. Yes. And yes, we did. And uh, let's go ahead and we'll start with Indiana Jones. Yes. The, the Dial of Destiny. So what an interesting title. And it looks like the rumors are true that they are going to be dealing with time travel. Yes. Which has me a little bit worried, but it's a little bit more grounded than Aliens, I think. Yeah. I mean, at least time travel I can deal with a little bit. Um, it, it, it's going to be really interesting to see this uh, redemption tour is kind of what i'm thinking yeah. of what i'm hoping it'll be and hoping that's the way that they go at it is it's a they they recognize the errors that they made in the um kingdom of the crystal skull i still don't acknowledge that as a movie by the way i yeah. really don't i i I've, I've, I've only watched that one time and it was in that yes. crappy uh first viewing in like what was it 2006 or 7 or something like that yeah something like that and uh i did not watch it again because it was so bad yeah um i mean the only thing cool that came out of that movie was the theory that he has longevity in life 
because of the um, the the cup of life, uh, then that's how he survived the nuclear blast. Like that's the only cool thing that came out of it, and it was a, the only reason they needed that theory at all is because it makes no sense of why you went into a fridge to survive a nuclear blast in the first place. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh my goodness, man, the, the ridiculousness, man. I might do. A, I might give it a rewatch just so I can blast it some more. Like I don't know. Yeah. It's just. Ridiculousness. I mean, I think it would be interesting to do like a rewatch of all the Indiana Jones movies going up to it as well. Um, and it does look like there's some going to be some interesting content. It looks like there's going to be some interaction with the JFK assassination. I think so. Yeah, there was there was a little bit of nods there, man, with several different things. Um, I do. I believe it or not, I, I think here's my theory. All right, the Dial of Destiny. They're going to dial it back, go back in time. Yeah. And it looked like one scene in the trailer, Indy, o- older Indy, was like pulling the boulder down, causing it to roll. And I feel like, what did he cause it to roll on himself? That kind of thing. I yeah. don't know. Or like, did the one whoever the villain is, which I think it's Boyd Holbrook, isn't it? Like, isn't that who the villain is? I don't I know. I think so. I, mean, I know Alfred, uh, Alfredo Molina is with him there. Yes. In that scene. Um but yeah. uh, but I, my my theory is that he is stopping those events. The the mean the bad guy is stopping those events, and Indy has to make sure those events actually happen. Gotcha. I don't know. It's I don't know. It, a lot was going on in the trailer, but all I know is it looked fantastic. It it, it, it I'm sold. I'm sold. It's gonna be good. It just has yeah. to be. It has to be good. I mean, I love the fact that they there was no inkling of Shia LaBeouf, so yeah. that was a positive. And I mean. Mutt, <laughs> yeah, like it, the, he he just went off like the rails as a character and as a person. So I'm kind of <laughs> like the fact that they just kind of like you know we're just going to push this under the rug. It didn't really happen, yeah. you know, like that kind of stuff. I know? am I am interested to see because they're going to de-age Harrison Ford for some scenes. Yes, but I want to know if they're going to de-age him like they did in The Irishman, where. They looked young, but they still moved like 80-year-old men. Yeah. Or are they going to just do uh, Mark Hamill style, where they just completely CGI generated him onto a younger person? Uh, That would be my preference, because I think that looked better in Mandalorian than than The Irishman. The Irishman, oh my gosh. There was some really rough. rough, There was some rough stuff, yes. Especially when Robert De Niro was curb stomping that guy, and he he could barely move his entire body. It was just, it was, it was bad. It really was. Yeah, there was some rough stuff in there, you know. Hopefully, they'll work something out, but yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, Indiana Jones, it's back. Uh, by the way, Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of my favorite movies of all time. So, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a near-perfect movie. It yeah. really is. And if you disagree with that, well, we can have a conversation about that. I'll, yeah. I'll gladly have a conversation. Maybe in a dark alley, but we'll have a conversation about <laughs> it. Um, but yes, anyway, and then the other big trailer, which... Obviously, we are our Marvel freaks on this uh, podcast. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yes. I have one thing to say about this. This looks like an emotional roller coaster. Yes. It, it, it's really crazy because it seems like post-Endgame, there's been every single one has been about like the scars that has been put onto these characters for whatever reason. Um, like All these movies have been really just like taxing on the soul of the of each character that we have seen and this one looks like it's going to just follow on that path. Yeah. And there were several like uh, James Gunn first off 
has been over here teasing, running his mouth, like this may be the last time you see the team as a whole or yeah. whatever, that kind of thing, right? And the trailer, what did the trailer do? It only showed every single member like have a potential moment of, oh, they could die. There's yeah. like a moment where Peter is being held by Drax. There's a moment of Rocket holding on for his life. There's a there's a moment of Nebula like face yeah. down in the in the dirt. Like there's every single character of the Guardians has a moment in the trailer where you're like, holy crap, they're not gonna make it. That kind I of mean, thing. Even Rocket says at one point. You know, this would be this could be the last time that we're together. Right. Like, it's yeah. some, you know, something like that. So yeah, this is gonna have stakes. Clearly, it's gonna have stakes. Yes, uh, we know that the Guardians has been mainly a comedic franchise, right? But yeah, comedic franchise with heart. That's yes, what I, that's very what much I would so. Say. And so I feel like we're might we might get. Did you did you see Clerks three? Yes or no? No. Um. No, I haven't. So seen Clerks 3. I feel like we're gonna get a Clerks three uh, scenario. I know you didn't see it. So uh, minor, minor spoiler. It's not like a hundred percent, but uh, of details. But it you go into it as a comedic franchise, right? But then at the end, like the heart is just a hundred percent there, and it makes you feel so many emotions, like that kind of thing. Uh, and that's what I think Guardians is gonna give us. It's gonna yeah. give us that same comedic charm that the franchise has been known for. But it's also going to rip us to shreds emotionally, which yeah. uh, James Gunn did a fantastic, fantastic job with uh, in several other properties that he's done as well. Yes. But how about the music choice for the trailer, man? My goodness, this guy does not miss. I promise you, James Gunn is like a musical. He, yeah, he's guru. In, he's insane when it comes to matching music mm-hmm. to to movies and. Especially with it, like you have to hit with Guardians of the Galaxy on your music because it's just they established it's, it already. It's, it's, they did. it's the lifeblood of the movie, like m- even more than I know. You were saying it was a comedic franchise, and it is, but the mu- is a music based franchise. The soundtrack is just pushes the movie and just fits so perfectly into everything that is going on. So like that is like the number one quality of. A Guardians of the Galaxy film. It really is. It's so much so where I like I, the music in Guardians of the Galaxy one. It was so good. Like I, I had yeah. it on vinyl. Like I bought the the soundtrack on vinyl yeah. because it was just so incredible. I, it's just it's really good. I just pop. I I mean I don't do that, but I pop it on like uh, on YouTube or whatever you know. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. It's just uh, I, he he just doesn't miss man. He's he's fantastic, and I'm I'm really excited to see what unfolds in the in this third yes. volume and we got to look at adam warlock yes yes we did brief but I, i'm down i'm down for it i know uh will polter has uh yes put in some work uh he has turned into a hulking being and he's yeah. jacked out of his mind we saw that from comic-con footage earlier in the year so it's going to be interesting to see what his character contributes to the marvel universe it, yes it's, it's going to be interesting and we see flashes of gamora so obviously she's back and involved, and to what ex- extent I would say is I don't know unknown for right now. But we'll we'll yeah. get there. We'll we'll start unraveling more of the story. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be really interesting to see how like is it gonna be a you know like how much of her mind is really where's her mindset you know yeah. um, and is it gonna be one of those things where there you know it's like you're working from two sides to the middle. Like she's working towards them and they're working towards her, or is it going to be like she's trapped and they're working towards her, like type of situation? Or it's just going to be really interesting to see how that sets up. One, I'm really interested to just see Nebula too. Like I, yeah, like, yeah. like especially like Nebula's character has been like, in my mind, it's like seeing the journey that Gamora went through, but you're actually getting to see it. 
Whereas, like, Gamora, she was already kind of there. She was, like, she cut herself off from Thanos. But Nebula, you get to actually see her make that journey and, like, all the, like, the tough emotional decisions that she has to make along the way. Yeah. And I'm sure Gamora had to make, but we just, she made them before we actually met her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, their relationship has been one of the more intriguing aspects to yes. the, the Guardians franchise, for sure. So um, I'm definitely excited to see the movie. I mean, hands hands down, it's going to be one of the most anticipated movies of the year. Yes. Next year, uh, all the Marvel movies next year are going to they are mm-hmm. most anticipated. So uh, this year they were anticipated, but they let us down. Some of them did. So yeah, uh, just a few, just a few. They were they didn't live up to the hype that they were. They were still good, but just the hype level was. I don't insane. know. Insane. Insane. Yeah. Especially the first two. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, but yes. Anyway. Uh, those are the trailers. Uh, well, we also got a Transformers trailer, but uh, Shimano didn't watch that yet, so nope. we will pass on that. However, I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, uh, besides that, we are going to go ahead and get into our main topic here. So we're, to, we're doing a top 16 grossing movies bracket. Shimano, lay down the rules for this bracket. All right, so what we did is we literally just went on a website in top 16, um... Grossing movies of all time. Uh, Simple rules. Uh, We love our superhero and Star Wars related films, but we felt like it was time to look past those films. So we've we've cut out anything that is superhero related or um, or Star Wars related. And another little caveat is we are only doing one per franchise. So. Be ready for some, so especially some movies from later in franchises or time periods that you're not expecting. It's gonna get wild. Yeah, there's some obscure ones. Uh, so we will we'll dive into those, and you're gonna be like, "Wow, they're having a conversation about that. What what brought that up?" Well, it wasn't our choice. It's no. just uh, you, it was you guys. Yeah, fault. you you listeners and who watch these movies and pay to see these movies. Don't worry. We're at fault as well. I do throw my money in the in the ring and yep. watch some of these movies as well. And trust me, we, we'll get to those discussions on which ones like, oh man, we should have just like waited for streaming or something yes. and not spent money on this. But, um, but yeah. Anyway, I think it's gonna be a fun conversation. So uh, definitely make sure you are following us on social media on at Royal Geek Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all those things. Um, but definitely uh, give us a follow and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, unfortunately, no video this week, but uh, definitely keep following our channel. We will we will be back with a video next week. So uh, I know you guys just love looking at our faces. I know I get it. But uh, but anyway, let the bracket begin. So we're gonna go ahead and start with the five twelve matchup. Which let's do it. Uh, this is this is a very interesting uh, matchup. Uh, number five seed, according to the top grossing movies of all time, is Furious 7. This yeah. is a part of the Fast and the Furious franchise, and it is the last movie with Paul Walker and, yes. uh, before he, uh, you know, passed away. So that's the number five seed. That's a, it's, we, we, you get why it's there. You get why the money was put yes. into this movie. Obviously, people wanted to see what the franchise did with, with Paul Walker. Yeah. It is going up against a, I believe, a juggernaut of a 12 seed, okay? Uh, and it is Lord of the Rings Return of the King. So, <laughs> yeah. This, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, that is rough. It is rough. And uh, Return of the King is also a near-perfect movie. It is yes. absolutely fantastic. Uh, 
cinematically it's it's, it's beautiful the, the, yes. the story right the storytelling the the cinematics the overall payoff that you get yes. from the previous two movies to this third movie it's just fan- it's just fantastic man yeah you get a great well, you get so many great moments where you see uh our heroes um, facing adversary, overcoming adversary, you know, it, it's just, it's really crazy. Um, you know, the final battle in front of, you know, Mordor is like, oh, you're just seeing them and it's just like, oh, that speech that, oh, you know, no, Aragorn man. gives to the troop, you know, for Frodo, like, oh, that is, <laughs> that is an epic, epic scene. You yeah. know, it's just, uh, it gives you chills. It does. It does give you chills. However, I have, a, I have an argument for Furious 7, okay? Uh, it, the Furious franchise, Fast and Furious franchise, spent several movies building up this idea of family, right? Yes. And they still they still play on that today. But the send-off for Paul Walker, I think, is one of those moments where if you are a grown man out there and watching this movie, it will bring tears to your eyes. It is, it is quite the send-off. And it gives you chills in another way. It gives you like uh, surreal chills. Like, yeah. is this he's really gone? Like this, like this, this character, this person, this actor. Like, he he was uh, he was O'Neill. O- is it O'Neill? Was that it? oh shoot? Now I even forgot. Brian. Brian. Uh, anyway, remember. Brian. Yes. Uh, I think it was Brian O'Neill. But anyway, um, anyway, so Brian is character, but yet Paul Walker. Paul Walker yeah. has been in some phenomenal movies, in my in my opinion. Um, he's an underrated actor. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so that that overall send off to him, I thought really was uh, it was it was amazing. It was a great yeah. buildup. I will say, as a bit of a backhanded compliment, it felt like the movie was made by different people. Than that made that final cut scene because that fi- <laughs> or that final like scene because it is it is legitimately like so tastefully and so like elegantly and so like well crafted that final scene that you're it's almost jarring in a way because of the like crazy uh, over the top nature of the rest of the movie. Um, and then to have this scene is just like, it, it's, it really is like, it yeah. is a beautifully done scene. Like yeah, I will is. admit that. And I will say, uh, negatively for Lord of the Rings, the return of the King, the only real flaw you can really find with it is the fact that you were like, okay, this is the end. I'm getting up out of my chair. Oh no! Wait, yeah. this is not the end. <laughs> no. I need to sit back down. So many, so many you, different points to. There were literally yeah. like once Frodo wakes up, like there are like five extra endings that you did. That like, you're right. I understand, but they like they do them so finitely yeah, that you're like, exactly. okay, so when is which one of these is going to be the actual end? You just got to sit there and enjoy the ride. Maybe. Yes, and it's, and it's Brian O'Connor. O'Connor is the name. Okay. Um, but yes, so. I'm going to go ahead and uh, cast my vote for Lord of the Rings. Me as well. All righty. Look at that. Unanimous. Uh, and by the way, if there ever is a, a tie, like say he went for Furious 7, we are just going to flip a coin. That's just... Yep. It's the only fair way to do it. It's the Yeah, it's uh, natural. It's so the natural way of doing things. If the movie that you wanted doesn't win... Don't blame us. Blame fate. Yeah. Or Markham and T-Roll. One of them. Yes. All right. Anyway, moving on. We're going to go to the 8-9 seed. 
the eight nine seed I also think is a little bit skewed, and uh, the eight seed the eight seed is Harry Potter Deathly Howls Part Two. Okay, and the nine seed Beauty and the Beast live action. Now Emma Watson versus Emma Watson. This it is, is this true. Is, it yes. is true. It's Emma so, Watson versus Emma um, Watson. Now I will say. Um, I can see, obviously, it's the last of the Harry Potter franchise, so of course it's going to gross a ton of money, right? Yes. Uh, but also, a live-action Disney movie is also going to gross they're a They're just cash cows. Yeah, they're cash cows. So, um, it, it only makes sense. Now, I'm going to go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and start in this direction, okay? Beauty and the Beast, the live-action one, although it's not great, it is still probably one of their better live-action movies. I mean... Th- Truthfully, that's saying more about their live action, like yes, correct. setup correct. more than anything else. Uh, I will say, I when they initially told said who was going to be playing Belle, I was completely on board. I was oh, like, yeah, absolutely, Emma Watson, yeah, Fantastic. bring it on, yeah, let's go. Like that is a fantastic <laughs> casting choice. Yeah, uh, but you know, the biggest issue, and we'll you know. Throughout all these Disney live action movies, is it doesn't feel like there's any soul mm. to any of the things that they are making. That is well said, especially with his most recent release of Pinocchio. Oh my goodness, man! Yeah. There was no heart or soul in that movie at all. It was yeah. literally just a cash grab. Yes, that's like it. I, it, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's just because of the fact that they're remakes of something that they've already mm-hmm. made, or if they're literally like in their B department that they're just like. Okay, just throw something together, put it on, you know, screen, and people will eat it up. It doesn't really matter if it's any quality or any depth to it, you know, or if we're even trying to do something different with it, you know. So it's yeah, yeah. It, was, it oh, man, Emma Watson. As much as I wanted to, I mean, as much as I loved her as a as an actress in general, I wanted to like her for this role. But I mean, she was kind of flat in this in this role. And yes, uh, a part of that for me was. When you think of Disney movies, you think of like the singing and the performances, right? Yeah. You could clearly see that they auto-tuned her and they did not allow her to have her natural singing voice. Um, I'm she probably can't sing. That's a, that's a problem. Possibly. Uh, so maybe they should start getting actors who can play that role. Although yeah. Emma Watson is a uh, big name because she was just coming off of her the Harry Potter franchise yep. not not too far off of uh not too far away potential idea what maybe they should have gone in like the a, a direction of like maybe like an Anna Kendrick oh yeah i mean she's got the musical chops yes i just don't know if her personality would have fit bell though because she's kind of out there yeah she's a little I love bit snarky her. i love her i love her to death yes. she's great she's fantastic yes. perfect phenomenal um but yes uh but it's it's going against Harry Potter <laughs> Yeah, uh, Harry Potter is also, I feel like, a juggernaut in this matchup yes. as well. But uh, the movies, they they truly do pro- progress as far as uh, the quality of storytelling, yes. the quality of the the graphics, the animation, the uh, the just overall the quality. It has increased movie by movie by movie. Yes. And so when we get by the time we get the Deadly Howls, we get a a fantastic looking uh, feature. Yeah. And uh, it's it's really hard to say that any of it was like poorly done because even the the cinematics were fantastic yeah. in the movie, except for the end credit. That would be the only thing that I would be like, 
uh, it was a little rough with the egg credit and showing the kids and yeah. the aging yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, it was just, uh, it really is the series for, especially our generation. It was the book that grew up with us. Like you were, as we were, we were getting older. Like that's where the older, books were yeah. coming out and they were growing with that. And they did a great job of like the content grew as the books moved on. So like book one, yeah, I mean, it was from a 10 year old or an 11 year old's point of view. But, you know, as you move on, it became more mature content wise and depth wise. And the movies did the same thing where even to the point to where there were uh, it was either three or four directors that they had um, throughout the series. And they partially did that because they were trying to get because different feels for where yeah, you were, exactly. um, yeah. you know, where you had Chris Columbus, who was really good with younger ki- kids oh, absolutely. and worked yeah. well with them. You know, of course, his great work on the Home Alone franchise. Um, and then, you know, had Alfonso Caron, who, you know, showed up a little bit later on. He knows how to tell a story. Yes, yes, yes. Prisoner of Azkaban had one of the best stories of the entire yes. franchise. And then you had, you know... David a, Yates. Yes, yeah, yes. He, he, he who kind of... Did he finish? He came he, in and did clean up. He did several okay. of the f- final movies. I think... I think I'm pretty sure he did four, and he skipped five, and then he came back for six and seven, part one and two. Okay, yeah. Yep. Anyway, but yeah, so basically, they because they were growing up, yeah. like they, it, it was an interesting way of doing the, you know, we're gonna do let these directors, you know, attack their the part of the franchise that is they're the best at. So you know, by the end, you know, you had this this long story, and you got it, it was definitely the most different. The eight, the seventh movie, because of the fact that they were no longer in school. Right. Like you yeah. know, it was the old, it was the movie that was set the most outside of Hogwarts. Right. You know. Yeah. So you saw a lot of that, and you saw a lot of more like adult, like related, very you know, content. Gritty. It was very gritty in, though, in that, that sense, final yes. part too, for sure. Um, Lots of there were some death scenes. There yes. Was, Lots of chaos and good action scenes. Torture so, scenes. Torture you know. scenes, yeah. So, well, all that being said, uh, I'm definitely placing my vote on Harry Potter here. Yes, Harry yeah, Potter. That's a that's an easy one for me, I think. But, uh, all right. So, so far, I feel like we're in agreement here. Um, as as our, our listeners are probably like, wow, they're not disagreeing about anything. Well, um, we may have some we may have some coming up here shortly. We'll see. But uh, I don't think with this next one, <laughs> I say that. Yeah. And uh, we have uh, the three three seed, which is Jurassic World. Okay. And uh, obviously, Jurassic World is coming out several several years after Part Three, so they're cashing in on the anticipation of yes. a new Jurassic pr- uh, franchise. Uh, and it's going up against a I I think an absolute slayer, and this is uh, Skyfall. Ooh. So, <laughs> so arguably one of the best uh, James Bond movies uh, ever made. Yes. Uh, that's all 26, 26 movies, 27 movies. Um, I think it's 26. And um, yeah, it, two drastically different movies. So, for example, yes. Skyfall is uh, kind of mid of Daniel Craig's run as James Bond. Jurassic World. Arguably a cash grab. Uh, like there was a reboot. Yeah, it was, it, it was it was a reboot. It was them seeing something that was fantastic in the past with Jurassic Park and wanting to capitalize on it now. Yeah, I kind of see Jurassic World as being like um, in the same vein of like Force Awakens. It was a mm-hmm. it was an attempt to revitalize a franchise that we kind of and restart a franchise that had kind of like you know 
you know, Fizzle, had been fizzled a little bit, dormant yeah. for a little little while. Um, you know, you could say fizzle after the prequels of Star Wars and after um, Jurassic Park three. Um, they were. I, I remember. I mean, nowadays it seems like, oh yeah, they just put you know this big actor Chris Pratt into this role. But when he got cast in it, he was like, he was not there yet. Like no, you know. Uh-uh. I mean, I remember the stories coming out of people like not believing that he had been cast as the lead in this new Jurassic World because of his, you know, goofy and kind of chunky nature in <laughs> uh, Parks and Rec. Right. So, like, it was um, it was really interesting seeing that come out. And I do enjoy Jurassic, the original Jurassic World a good bit because I feel like it does kind of have that feel to where it's like it was almost like being a kid again in some ways because – it was at least well done enough to where you know you felt the magic of Jurassic of the Jurassic you did yeah world or Jurassic Park um, as you were going through um, so, so that was really cool. You got to see an up to date modern uh, theme park. Yes, which was some of the things that they were able to show us, like the the gyro ball. Yes, scrolling strolling through the park and everything. That was that was really cool to see. Um, yes, and some of the. Some of the visuals, as far as the uh, the graphics for the CGI for um, the dinosaurs, fantastic. They look yes. they look really good. Um, where they start to veer off is when they try to blend the uh, the dinosaurs and technology together. Yeah, I feel like they didn't have to go so hard on that, especially like with the like you know laser pointer raptors that kind of stuff, right? Like that stuff it it comes in the franchise. And yeah. I feel like they didn't need to go that direction. They could have left it with the awe of just being uh, creatures that are fascinating, that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, but yes, and uh, Skyfall. Yes. Uh, I mean... Spy uh, Prime. Uh, yeah. Like it is just like premier spy espionage. Yeah, like Skyfall is phenomenal. It's, it's you know, easily in the top two of Daniel Craig's run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chris Casino Royale as well. Yep. Um... Which was, funnily enough, is Casino Royale was sort of like the in that same vein yeah, of like Jurassic World, right? like they they kind of gotten a little bit stale with the Pierce Brosnan runs at the end of his run, um, but yeah, you you get to see some really amazing action in Skyfall, and you just you know it's really the top notch effort for Daniel Craig, and yeah. you know you're seeing you know them push their way to get around again with the James Bond universe. Um, in Skyfall, so that's really cool to see. Um, uh, but yeah, um, there's it's it's cool just seeing these two big epic franchises kind of go at it in our minds in this bracket. You know, we're seeing two juggernauts of just time. You know, some right. of the best made movie, best franchises of pretty much all time. You know, oh, yeah, rocking yeah, it out right now. Yeah, they really, really are. Um, I'm a huge fan of James Bond franchise. Yes, like I am. I'm honestly, I'm obsessed with it. I really am, and uh, it's it's near and dear to my heart. So obviously, I'm going to go ahead and vote for Skyfall. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with you on Skyfall as well. Okay, so yes. look at that, another agreement. So awesome. <laughs> um, all right, so the next one, the next one is the one sixteen matchup, and I am. Actually, excited to hear what you think about this one, um, yeah. Shimato. So, the 16 seed here is Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Okay. So, that is a 16, which it's not a bad 16. That's a that's a that's actually it's it's pretty decent. It was yeah. I mean, Davy Jones, man, Davy Jones was 
But he came on the scene and he looked amazing. Yeah, he, he did. It he still did. holds up to this day. If you if you haven't rewatched the Pirates franchise, Davy Jones's uh, CGI, CGI it holds up big time. So, uh, and it's going up against a <laughs> a, a CGI masterpiece. Against, yeah, and, and it's Avatar. <laughs> so James Cameron throwing yes. his weight around, showing how he knows how to you know create new and and different ways of telling stories. Yes, whether it's from whether it's the T two uh, Terminator. Uh, or uh, Avatar. He's yes. he's found ways to make things look phenomenal, uh, yes, phenomenal. in their time. Yes, exactly yes, for sure. So um, yeah, interesting, interesting matchup here. It is an interesting matchup. Um, I do think maybe if this was the first Pirates of the Caribbean, it would do like that movie is just made better in my mind. Oh yeah. Um, like I think we can all agree on that, and I feel like. Anything past the first Pirates, they were just like, there's a lot of money in, yeah. in these hills right here. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of it is just like they took the idea of like, we're going to make a movie out of this theme park ride. And then, we're <laughs> and then there's a bunch of money made by it. Well, let's just push it and push it and push it. But uh, it is interesting. It does um, you know, continue along the story. You get to see – you finally get to see what happened to um, – to Will Turner's father, yep. um, is it is that Stellan Skarsgård? Yes, that's what is. I thought. Of course, I was like ninety percent sure, but bootstrap yeah, playing Turner. bootstrap. Yep. Um, but yeah, so you get to see what happens to his father there, and then you know, of course, the tragic ending of him having to, you know, give up his own, you know, self to become the new Davy Jones. Um, you know, yeah, <clears throat> I think. Uh, I think Davy Jones was definitely the best thing to come out of that movie. Yes, uh, he he truly was pretty terrifying to look at. He yes. really was, and I mean, like I mentioned earlier, he looked he looked fantastic, and uh, I think the the Davy Jones uh, CGI can rival the Avatar CGI. Yeah. I do believe that, um, but Avatar it gets. It gets a lot of heat for kind of the copy and paste of like the Pocahontas story. You yeah, that and the, Dances with Wolves. Yeah, Dances with Wolves, Pocahontas. Like it's it's similar, right? Except they Cameron put a little twist on it, a little sci-fi twist on it. Yes. And uh, so yeah, it gets a lot of heat for that. And uh, Pirates. I mean, you can definitely tell they didn't try as hard as the first movie. However, however, it it I mean, it was still an enjoyable sequel. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't a, a flop by all means. Obviously, we we're sitting here at the 16th seed in the top grossing movies of all time. Yes, and it's the second movie in the franchise, not the not the last like uh, Harry Potter was or uh, Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. So clearly, uh, as the second movie in the franchise, it had some pull to it, and uh, that just shows how successful movie one was because people were clamoring at the yes. sequel to that one. So you gotta you gotta shout out that for uh, that movie for sure. I will admit it did it did create that. Although it does kind of create the idea of well, maybe the reason why the third movie didn't make as much money is because the second movie. Did, was not up to par, <laughs> so people didn't have the hype for the third yeah, movie. Yeah, the hype fell off. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, I just think uh, like Avatar, even though it does pretty much copy-paste Dances with Wolves, even down to the fact that they literally have some of the actors from Dances with Wolves in Avatar. Yeah, which, that's true, you're right. Yeah. Jeez, I <laughs> didn't is, realize that until now. <laughs> which uh. is pretty crazy, but I mean, it's still, I mean, it's an interesting storyline, and in just from the idea of, you know, the the person you know 
it, it's really just a story about a person um, rediscovering himself in another culture. It's really all it comes oh, yeah, down to. Absolutely. Um, you know, and for whatever purpose, however you end up there, that's kind of the idea of it is, that, you know, understanding that maybe your side isn't always the side that's, you know, mm. the, I mean, they may be the more powerful side, but that doesn't mean they're the right. more righteous yeah, side exactly. or, you know. And we're yep. 13 years later about to get a sequel. <laughs> yep. So you can only imagine what this freaking movie is going to gross, right? Yeah. Um, all right. So all that being said, uh, Shimada, where are you putting your where are you putting your cards at, man? Avatar. Avatar. All right. Um, geez, man. Part of me wants to go with Pirates just because of Davy Jones. Um, I, I love the actor as well, Bill. Yes. Bill wasn't Bill Nigi or Nigi. Nigi. Nigi or something like yeah. that. Yes. Fantastic actor. Uh, also in the Pirates of the Caribbean, or also in the uh, Harry Potter franchise. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, dude, I'm gonna go Pirates here, man. I All am, right, I'm gonna go Pirates. We got so our first coin first, toss. first uh, coin flip. Uh, Shimano is going to always be heads, and I am going to be tails. So, guess what? We have an upset. We have an upset. Pirates is going on. Uh, All right, you can feel free to yell at me, uh, Royal Geek Kingdom out there. Uh, Feel free to do that uh, because I had to go with my boy, Davy Jones. It's just is what it is. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. I'm not a perfect human and uh, that's it is what it is. So anyway, let's go to the other side of the bracket, the other side of the bracket, because uh, we are we finished with the that side's uh, round one. We're going to continue round one with, oh, man, the 710. This was this is actually a really, really good matchup here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the seven seed, Frozen Two. Okay. All right. The ten seed, another Disney animated property. Yes. Incredibles Two. Interesting. This, this is yes. yeah. This is a uh, obviously the Incredibles was one of those other franchises that took was, forever. Was incredible. Yep. Yeah. 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 Ten years between. I believe. Yes. Right? Yeah. It was, it was definitely one at the point to where you were like, I don't think we're gonna get yeah, ever gonna get one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously you can see the hype there, but then Frozen Two, it didn't have that long of a wait, but that no. goes to show how big of a phenomenon. Yes. Uh, the first Frozen movie was. It which, is. It has destroyed every parent's it, life. It well, it, it as a as a parent. Uh, I will say this: I did watch Frozen, the first one, before I had kids, and I loved yeah. it. So, um, and now after I've had kids, I was actually able to show them Frozen, and uh, now that's when they ruined my life. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, we had that soundtrack on repeat all the time, and uh, Frozen Two came out, and I was actually able to take my daughter to go see the movie. Yeah. Um, she was a young little wee one, uh, maybe three years old at the time. And uh, she she absolutely loved it. Frozen yeah. two. I'm gonna make a bold statement here, fellas uh, and gentlemen. And I think uh, we might have the same feeling about this, but go ahead. Uh, Frozen two soundtrack is better than Frozen one soundtrack. Oh yeah, that's I mean, I'm saying here. Um, I definitely I don't know if the soundtrack is necessarily better. Uh, like Into the Woods is phenomenal. By the way, like I oh love I love I love Into the Woods. I absolutely. would I would say Frozen two is a better movie than Frozen one. That I 100 percent agree with yes. as well. Yes, um, I do think that it kind of it got a little deeper right, with yes. some of the storytelling and uh, character development with them. Uh, so yeah, I definitely I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the Frozen franchise. I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud to admit it. I, oh, yeah. I am. Yeah. And and if anybody questions me, yeah. I, I have a daughter. Yeah. So step off, right? I don't have a daughter, and I own both movies. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. So, but Incredibles two. 
Incredibles 1 is one of my favorite movies of all yes. time. It is, I think, it, uh, close to a near-perfect movie. I've said that three it, times already. It is the greatest Fantastic Four movie of all time. Exactly. Thank you. And <laughs> it is it, it is great. It, it, it truly is great. Incredibles 2, I was looking forward to it so much. I think yes. it is still a very solid movie. Yes. Not as good as number one. No, yeah, I agree with you That's there. where the Frozen differentiates. For in my eyes, Frozen 2 is better than one. Um but Incredibles two just I think it just falls short of of Incredibles one. I I did like the the villain as far as like the the twist where yeah. it's the the female character it, she was against them the whole time that kind of thing. I did yes. I did enjoy that. What I didn't like was taking the focus off of Mister Incredible and putting it on Elastigirl yeah. because. I thought some of the the more comedic moments were, came when Mr. Incredible was getting into whatever he was getting to in, in the, the first, yeah, first movie. And yeah, and a lot of like, his friendships and things were kind of right, led yeah. a thing, you know, with um, those characters. And I, I don't know, there was just like, I felt like a crux of like the, what they had been building on was just, uh, the way that Mr. Incredible felt about the world mm. around him. Yeah. And I felt like that was a huge part of it. Whereas I felt like Elastigirl didn't necessarily have those like misgivings about the world as much mm. in the first movie. But I mean, I do like the fact that they, you know, it, it was definitely an interesting way to go about it, to give her more light and give right. her more like, uh, you know, more of a front row view of every, of the world, and you yeah. get to see things from her point of view. Um, but I do understand what you're saying there about you know a lot of the stuff. I felt like was all a lot of the best parts were also about his emotional journey and the way that it, his stagnation and when he, the way he felt about life at the time that he was in. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like. They didn't utilize the children as much as they did in the first one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed Dash and uh, Violet's interaction yes. in the first movie better than this one. Um, I don't know. I think I, th I think it's a good movie still. I really do. Yes. Um, but if I'm casting my vote here, I'm going to go with Frozen 2. Uh, that's a tough one. Um. I thought I was going to have to get, go this for a coin flip, but I, I think I'm going to have to go with Frozen 2 as well. Wow. All right, man. I, honestly, I thought you were going to go Incredibles 2. I was getting ready to flip that coin. I really was. So, um, oh, look at that. Frozen 2 moving on to round two. That is wild. Okay. All right. So, um, the next matchup is one where I am worried about. <laughs> I'm worried yeah. about our conversation here. Okay. So, the number four seed is The Lion King. Okay. The live action Lion King. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> and then um the the thirteenth seed is Transformers Dark of the Moon. <laughs> so Ooh, this uh This is this this is a uh, steaming pile uh matchup right Yes, here. it is. They were I, I think we both could be uh characterized as we have said before as money grabs. You know, oh, for, for sure. sure, for sure. Like, I mean, at least the first Transformer movie, it was like, okay, you know, it's telling the story of Transformers. Like, oh, that's super right. cool, yeah. and it looks yeah. visually stunning. Like, it yes. looked good. It looked cool. I mean, yes. Optimus Prime, uh, they got Peter Cullen back to do the voice. Yes. it was, 
incredible uh, to yeah, hear that on before screen. Shia LaBeouf went crazy. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, and introduction of Megan Fox. I mean, yes. you know, how how that was good as well. And uh, my favorite side character, Josh Duhamel's soldier <sighs> character, yeah, who yeah. randomly shows up every once in a while. Exactly. Yeah, and then you have Lion King, the live action, quote unquote. I'm going to say live action because the entire movie was CGI. Anyway. Yeah. Um. I'm going to say this statement, and you can either agree or disagree, and I don't care, because I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, it is a soulless movie, which we've mentioned before about yes. Disney movies, but this one I feel like is even worse, because they bring James Earl Jones back as Mufasa, who was a the heartbeat of the first movie, Yeah, and he ge- he does essentially the same lines. However, you can tell he is way older less into it and yeah. there's no heart in any of the things that he says like the the line where he says don't turn your back on me scar in the first movie still like runs down my spine yeah when he said that line in this new one i was it was like it was so flat so lifeless so unenthusiastic that i was like this movie sucks yeah, I would have much rather them recast Mufasa than have James Earl Jones give a lackluster performance that he did. Yeah, um, as well as I was when I saw the casting choice for um, for Simba, I was actually excited, extremely right? excited because I love me some Donald Glover. Yes, he yes. is me too, me too. One of my favorite talents in all of uh, Hollywood right now. Yeah. And I feel like him just being attached to... I think, unfortunately, he's just had this bad luck of being attached to poorly put-together big-budget movies so far. Like, you know, this one and him being in Solo. You know, like he was by far the best part of Solo. Oh, for sure. Um, Yeah, easily. And then just, like, in this, it was just, like... I don't know. And I, I didn't particularly like... I feel like the casting of Beyonce as Nala was... Just, just a. We're gonna put a big name yeah, on this, get you, you know, a bow on, you know, a turd. Yeah, pretty much is kind of how it felt. And then they, they got well. Donald Glover is a musical talent, and yes. Beyonce is a, Beyonce is obviously a musical talent. So you would expect that the soundtrack would be fantastic, right? Yeah. The the animated original one still hits harder because yeah. it's just no life in this movie yeah. at all. I mean, I would have loved it if there was like some sort of like a like a if they were like you know what you know. Donald, give us a like a, 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 like a R&B or, yeah, or a rap yeah, song, yeah. something about like something. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. even. You could even be original. Yeah, why not? You know, right? it doesn't even have to be. You know, a remix of something from the first like movie. They, they didn't even let him play in the sandbox, man. They just they just no. carbon cut the first songs and they just went on yep. with their business. It was yeah. So I think the way I'm gonna vote this one is that I have extreme hatred for the lion king i'm just gonna vote okay. for transformers just because um both of these movies were terrible yes i am going to do the only right thing and i'm gonna vote for lion king <laughs> and we're gonna just put to the coin of fate a coin of fate it flips and it flips and it lands on tails so transformer wins yes so. Um, I guess the only way I could have a healthy yeah. conscience. Yeah, good, good call there. But uh, I, I, Transformers, this is dark of the moon. Um, all right, moving on. 
Uh, this one, gosh, man, these. Why could these grossing movies be uh, a little bit closer in matchups? Uh, yeah. All right. So we have a 2022 movie. Okay. Top Gun Maverick. Ooh. Fantastic yes. movie. Way Absolutely. better than I was expecting to be. Oh, way, way better. Oh my goodness, dude! Like the the hype level was was real for me yes. as far as like the, oh I'm so, so looking forward to this movie. It comes out and I'm like every expectation that I've ever had has been shattered. Yeah. Like it was it was it was an incredible movie. Going up against Minions. Okay. Not Despicable Me. Not nope. Despicable Me Two. But Minions, the standalone yes. movie. Yes. I think with all of that being said, we're gonna move ahead top Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I yes. think there's no there's not even a conversation there. Am yeah. I wrong? Yeah, we can okay. I mean I mean it was a relatively it, Minions was relatively enjoyable, but it was there was you know, nothing not a whole lot there. Yeah. All right. So that leads us to the last matchup of the first round. Okay. Uh the number fifteen seed is Toy Story Four. This is another one that is separated by nine years of the original one. Yes. So obviously people were just clamoring for some more Toy Story. And it's going up against a, I believe at the time when this came out, I believe it was a surprise box office hit. And it's Titanic. Yeah. Um, it is a romance drama. Once again, James Cameron. And yep. uh, the story of the Titanic. We got Jack. We get Rose. Which, uh, coincidentally, those are my great-grandparents' names. Yeah. And so, therefore, those are also my children's middle names. So, Jack and Rose, uh, they are there. Uh, So, um, yeah, Titanic. It was... I remember seeing this in theaters with my my parents when I was young. Yeah. Um, And I remember being like, this is kind of lame. Like, it was so long. It was lame. It was, like, mushy or whatever, right? Yeah. but then, like as I like grew up and I watched it again, I'm like, ah, it's actually a quality film. Like, yes. there's a lot. Like, young Leonardo DiCaprio does a fantastic job. And oh yeah, it was my, like kind of his like launch into yeah. the like mainstream world. Yeah, of like, acting, solidifying yourself as like a solid actor. Yes, like, I mean, I think he had previously done just like TV shows of like uh, yeah. Step by Step, or was that was that what the '90s show? I believe it was. Um, yeah. No, it was it was something else that he was in. Um, I forgot what it was, but he had done a couple of things before this. He had done, I think he had done What's Eating Gilbert Grape before this. No, oh, okay. And he had done um, the Romeo and Juliet, I believe, ah, before that's this. Right, Romeo but this plus was like Juliet. Yes, yes, Romeo <laughs> plus Juliet. But I think this was the movie like that was like took him from being a solid actor to being like great. This is the one future. of the top. Yeah. This is like. A heartthrob for the next decade right. type of guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still, I think still to this day, he's like top-notch, sought-after kind of actor. Yeah. I mean, well, for, for his acting ability, yes. He yeah. is, He is to, like, top shelf. Like, he's yeah. in top shelf pretty much from the moment Titanic has, came out to the moment of this recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. If you'd rather have him or any other actor, you'll take him over, yeah. over everybody. Yeah. Like, he just literally. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, Toy Story 4, I want to go ahead and make a few comments on Toy Story 4. Okay. Why? <laughs> Why was this movie made after Toy Story 3 was so good? Legitimately, Toy Story 3 may be the most perfect ending to a trilogy ever. Like, like... And might, uh, yeah. might be the definitive uh, best trilogy, third movie. Yeah. Because uh, the way they... they, they Played with you. They toyed with you. Yes. With the uh, the they're about to get incinerated. 
that scene. I I struggle watching rewatching that. Like, yes, I, I watched it with my kids the other day, and I'm like, I'm staring at them, like, oh, are they gonna feel the emotions that I felt or whatever? Of course they didn't, because uh, they're 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 much younger than I yes. was when watching that movie. But I'm still like, oh no, this is it, man. This is yeah. the last we're gonna see. That them. is. Like, and then they escape, and then soul crushing. My gosh, man, that was so rough to watch the I first just, time. Like, and then this, and then even in the end, is like more nuanced. The ending of three, where they have, where he's driving away, and it's like the real end. And you just oh, see them left, yeah. and it's just like, like even that is like. Trust me, I think that hits uh, even harder than. Yes, uh, like you're literally leaving your childhood behind, and we were, I believe we were. Like, you know, col- we, were we were right college, at college, yeah. yep, we were college you know, age. and we had yep. just felt like literally that feeling for us as well. Like mm-hmm. the idea of going off to college, you're giving up your childish, quote unquote, childish like life. You're, you know, you're kind of having this to, you know, close in your wa- wants in the world because you can't bring everything with you to college, mm-hmm. right. you know? So like those things that are kind of ch- childish and youthful are kind of left left behind yeah i will say toy story 4 is a good movie it is it's a good movie but i do believe it was an unnecessary movie correct yes correct which technically i think you can say like any movie sequel is technically unnecessary but but uh i do truly feel like toy story was truly unnecessary yes um but all that being said what's your vote gonna be on this one Okay, let's see. Let's see. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Toy Story Four. Ooh, okay. Like I'm, I've said this before. Like I am, I am just a sucker for that franchise. Like that franchise yeah. has me wrapped around its finger. Nice. Well, I am actually gonna go with Titanic, and I just flipped a coin. Yeah. And Titanic's going on. All right. <laughs> All right, so we're in round two now, and now we actually have some matchups. Yes. We have some really good matchups here, okay? Um, Let's go back to the first side of the bracket. We have Lord of the Rings Return of the King versus Harry Potter in part two. Oh, yeah. That is a really good matchup. It really is, Um, because I really enjoy Deathly Hallows part two. Yes. Uh, It is... It is... One of the best Harry Potter movies, I will say, it's top two for sure. Yeah, um, I think other people fall in different places um, in the franchise, but my personal opinion is Prisoner of Azkaban and then Part Two, um, Deathly Hallows. But that's just my own personal preference. Yeah, I mean, I would say like it's it's really well made. It's one of the few actual splits of a movie of a book into two movies that actually made sense. Yeah. Um, although yeah. I mean, it was a hundred percent a money grab, but, um, <laughs> I, I will say I probably have a closer connection in the mindset of the co- original content to Harry Potter because of growing up and re- the way I was reading it and going along with it as it was coming out and then the movies and then yeah. the world around it. So I will say there I have more connection to that than I do with Lord of the Rings, but so would I mean, you Lord say of the Rings is fun- So would you like say that elite. you're voting for Harry Potter? No. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, that being said, I'm voting for Lord of the Rings. You're voting for Lord of the Rings because it yes. is just a top quality movie yes. that is quite quite frankly like it's it's beautiful. It truly yes. is. So, Lord of the Rings is moving on to the final four. So, um the next matchup here is 
Pirates <laughs> Dead Man's Chest, which once again, I'm, I apologize to all of our listeners out there for me uh, moving that one on uh, with the coin flip. Eh. But it's uh, <laughs> Pirates versus Skyfall. <laughs> I know. You I know. Fa- you faced it against yourself. I, I'm, yeah. You played yourself. I, I know. I did. Um, Skyfall is, in my opinion, uh, top two James, yep. James Bond movie, period. Not just uh, Daniel Craig. It is. It truly is great, especially the the speech by Javier Bardem when he's giving it on the island, yeah. uh, talking of talking to Daniel Craig once he's got him in there in that weird little uh, silo building, right? Yeah. It's a great speech, phenomenal speech, great monologue. Um, he was actually a really interesting villain. Um, yeah. I I like the connection to M and uh, how that all played out, and you kind of could sense like that was like the big climax. But then like they even had like another extra climax after that when uh they did blowfeld at the end like that was pretty wild pretty crazy so yeah i mean it was i mean it's phenomenal and it's definitely one of the best 007 movies ever and i feel like that the only pirates of the caribbean movie a pirates of the caribbean movie that could match up with a top-notch 007 movie would have been the first one one yeah um so i mean for me my vote's got to be skyfall mine too i feel like yeah skyfall's moving on all right so, um, I do think the next matchup will be an easy one, and I don't know how much time we're going to need to spend on that one. So, it's going to be Transformers versus Frozen 2. <laughs> I, I I truly think that Frozen 2 is way better than Transformers uh, Dark of the Moon. Now, Transformers 1 and Frozen 2, we might have a conversation here. Yeah, but I, I still feel like they would have been, you know, an underdog, but Frozen 2 to me... Be definitely beats out this movie by a long shot. Yeah, so we are in agreement there. Um, all right. Even though Transformers has Linkin Park working for them, yeah, Frozen Two soundtrack I think still hits harder. Oh um, uh, yes, yeah, it does. Show yourself, underrated, fantastic song. Yeah, um, show yourself is a fan- fantastic song. I love Into the Woods. Yep. Um, yeah, there are some and just really just like. The story building of like the the background of the family, yeah, and like absolutely. everything to do with that was just like, yeah, yeah, just all right. Awesome. So, Top Gun Maverick versus Titanic, yes, that's a pretty big matchup right there. It is. You could say it's a Titanic matchup. <laughs> <laughs> we have Titanic uh, on the seas and Top Gun in the air. Yes, and uh, I think that the visuals and the like stunts in Top Gun Maverick are unmatched as far as thrills. Like you can truly see and feel the actors in the the, the cockpit of yeah. all of these fighter fighter jets. And Yeah, and well part of that's because Tom Cruise pushed for them to yes. use actual G forces when they were flying. Yes. So you weren't just pretending that you were at this certain point you were actually feeling yes. the g-forces as you were going so when they show the actors um like the one actor who was passing out and he was like failing he actually passed out and because of the g-forces and then yeah. they just kind of rode around that and to make tom cruise like try to save him that kind of thing it, that's that's pretty impressive that's yeah. fantastic and it made for a really good movie yeah that's insane and uh, when they go and they you see the F fourteen mm-hmm. and they're like which side note, the F fourteen Tomcat is my favorite airplane of all time. Um but it, it when they when you see it and you're like 
I literally, like, I was, my my wife was sitting next to me, and I was smacking her leg, and I was like, they're going to fly. He's going to fly in Tomcat again. He's going to fly in F-14. Yeah. Like, that was, yeah. it got me so hyped when yeah. I saw that. And the, the scene, it, when they're in the F-14, and uh, Miles Teller is, like, he tells Tom Cruise it's not about the, the plane, it's about the pilot. Yes. Like, that was a great scene. It was fantastic. And, uh he was, you could feel it. You were there with him, right? Yes. And uh, just a lot of great moments overall in Top Gun Maverick. Uh, but Titanic had its moments as well. Yes. Uh, for example, uh, the band going down with the ship. Yes. was very great scene. Yes. It really was. And uh, I, the, just the way they did that, like visually with the water coming in and uh, kind of going up on their ankles. And there's literally a cellist like sitting there like playing the cello. Yes. And uh water just coming up on them and the the way they distributed the the lifeboats and uh you you didn't know if you were gonna you're like i'll catch the next one and like there was no next one like how it was just yeah it was just it was wild yeah it's i mean it is crazy because i feel like our generation the way especially as males you were kind of taught in general to hate Titanic because it was the big rom-com, the big long rom, or not rom-com, but rom, romantic drama mm -hmm. of our time. And you were supposed to hate it. Like, as a, like, whether you had, even whether you had seen it or not, you hated that movie. Like, <laughs> as a, as a male growing up. But as you, like, you get later and you understand, you really start to more appreciate the movie, Story the way it was yeah. made. And then even getting into... Just if you ever watch any of the behind the scenes stuff and just the way like he literally bought uh, he James Cameron literally built half the Titanic. Yeah. To shoot some of the stuff, which, you know, it, it, it builds into the lore of everything that you're doing. Um, and just like it, it really helps you get that like epic feeling, you know, as you're going along. And there was a lot of. You know, the, the tragedy of it all and, like, part of the fact of it being real Yeah, is, I was about to say, yeah, based on true story is, is makes it yes, even, even crazier. Yes, because, you like, I mean, these are real people who, you know, didn't make it for whatever reason. They didn't, Whether it was just they got trapped or, you know, they made one poor decision or yeah. they decided to go down with the ship or it was, the you know, the White Star Line's, you know, yeah. fault in gen because they didn't have enough uh, lifeboats or, you know, whatever it may be. Here's the age-old question that we are going to go ahead and... Does he fit? Does, does he... Yeah. Does he fit on the door? Like, does he fit on there with Rose? Um. Okay, so <laughs> my idea would be he probably could have fit on there, but he probably would have died of hypothermia. Yeah, he, he would I think he would have died regardless. Um, he was kind of in worse shape than her. And uh, deep down, I think he knew. I think he knew that he was in worse shape than her. But I don't think he had to go out like that. I think he could have maybe attempted to see a doctor yeah. by floating on there and maybe had a chance. But then again, what was it, like 19, what? It was 1912. Oh, 12? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, he probably had no chance. Uh, so, could he have fit? Yes. Should he have fit? No. I mean, there is always the thing, you know, maybe him being there mm -hmm. and then maybe she would have died. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it kind of created, I mean... From from a storytelling point of view, that death, the way he died, was perfect for the romantic drama way of going out. The self sacrifice, the him dying, yeah, yeah. the idea of him dying beautiful, 
in a way, <laughs> like the, like the, the the idea of like he didn't die in some hospital bed of like hypothermia, and he's just like looks terrible as it yeah, is. He you sacrificed. Know? He, he made that ultimate sacrifice. They, they went out at their like highest point of like in her mind, like he was as perfect as he could be at that moment. You know, for yeah, her, you're right. You know, so it creates this journey. All of that being said, I'm voting Top Gun. Me too. All right, good. Uh, but definitely much respect for Titanic, though. Um, yeah, I would definitely say I have a lot more um, respect for Titanic than I did when I was, like, 10 or 11 <laughs> when it came out. So that leaves us with a final four. All right. The final four, let me just, uh, it's, it's going to be Lord of the Rings and Skyfall versus Frozen 2 <laughs> and Top Gun Maverick. So These are some interesting matchups here. The theme, there's a theme here. And the theme is sequels. Okay. Yes. These are all sequels. And yes, it does happen that way when you reach the top grossing movies. Yes. Because the first one sets a precedent, and uh-huh. the sequel is uh, the anticipation of the setup. Yep. And uh, so, yeah. So you get these matchups, and you get a matchup like Lord of the Rings Return of the King versus Skyfall, which on paper, you look at it and you're like, well, obviously, Lord of the Lord of the Rings should should win this one. However, Skyfall is just that freaking good of a movie where you least have to have a conversation about it. Like that's 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 kind of where we're at on that one, and uh, that conversation is going to go based on okay, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King yeah. is a, a culmination of a really long saga as far as one and two that build up to perfection. Okay. Skyfall is a we get Casino Royale, which is a, a fantastic reinvention of the spy yes. of James Bond. But then you get Quantum of Solace, which is a significant drop off of, yes. of that retelling. And so when you're going into Skyfall, you kind of your expectations are, I hope this is good. Rather than Return yeah. of the King is like, I really think this is going to be amazing. Like, like this kind of has thing. to yeah, be. Exactly. And so. I really think that the payoff for Return of the King is greater than Skyfall. Yes. And the only reason I'm saying that is because you had a phenomenal movie in Fellowship of the Ring to only have a more phenomenal movie of Two Towers on top of that. And then so you have these two stellar movies that should have won Academy Awards, which didn't. which. Uh, then the Return of the King comes out, and you see the Academy make up for their mistakes, and they pretty much sweep every category that they're in yeah. in Return of the King, including Best Picture that year, uh, rightly so. And uh, so, yeah, and then, I don't know, I just feel like it was good on top of good on top of good with yes. Lord of the Rings, whereas Skyfall, you got a surprisingly fantastic Casino Royale to a severely underwhelming uh, Quantum of Solace yeah. to a extraordinary skyfall so like a little bit more of an up and down yeah i will say like on top of all what you were saying with lord of the rings there's also like there's this baked in idea of for the longest time people were like it's impossible to make a good lord of the rings movie yeah like there was a lot of that going around in hollywood is that you know this movie is it's just it's impossible like you cannot make um, this this franchise, you know, into a Hollywood movie is just too vast. It's too there's too many characters. There's too much going on. It has too much lore in the movie that to, for you able to do it. And it's just it was 
you know, it was basically like asking a director to pitch like three perfect games in a row. Right. Exactly. You know, yeah. like, oh, geez. <laughs> Wild, man. The, the fact that they hit on all three of those movies. Yes. Yeah. That being said, uh, as big of a James Bond fan as I am, I'm still going to go with Lord of the Rings for the King. Me too. All right. So they are moving on to the finals. And uh, keep in mind out there, listeners, uh, we didn't choose these movies. The top, yes. top grossing movies chose. We uh, also did that. not choose the seating. We literally just went down the list. Yes, that's it. Do not so, be mad at us. Exactly. So um, that being said, we get Top Gun Maverick in the semis versus Frozen 2. Yes. Two drastically different movies. Um, we get Frozen 2, which is a uh, Disney animation sequel to a... I would say Frozen 1 was kind of like a phenomenon. Like, uh, it yeah. kind of came out of nowhere. and It was almost like a rebirth of the, classic, the, Disney. the Disney classics, right? Yeah. Yes, because up until this point, it had been... Although, I feel there was a huge gap of time before Frozen that was sort of... There were a bunch of... Either they were either one or two DVD, they were uh, either <laughs> they were either generally mediocre movies, right, or they were underappreciated movies. Something like a Tangled, like Tangled, I felt like is an extremely underrated like film, but didn't have like that busting out like right quality. It, it was kind of like a time period where Disney kind of just let Pixar take the reins of all the animated studios so most of the really good stuff for like a, almost a 10 year period was, was coming out of pixar and disney just kind of like took their hands off or put less effort into their animated uh, offerings right yeah. um and i feel like this was like disney being like you know we're what back. <laughs> we're ba- yeah basically we, we're we're back. we were originally here uh creating this content yes. and uh we gave you the reins for a while, and we're 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 taking yeah. it back. It was like and, uh, it was like Michael Jordan. He just sent yeah. one little thing. We're I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. And uh, the crazy thing is that um, Frozen, uh, the original one, kind of launched the, the the rebirth of of Disney animation, yes. and we've gotten some quality stuff to come out of it, like, like Moana, Moana, yes, yeah, and Kanto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're both legitimately like phenomenal movies. Yes, yes, and. Uh, yeah, Frozen Two. I mean, the soundtrack is amazing. I, yes. I love the soundtrack. Um, uh, Panic at the Disco's rendition of Into the Unknown is, yeah. is top quality, man. It, it, it is good. It is. It is awesome. Um, I, and then I will say uh, we we've mentioned a lot of great things about Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Soundtrack also good in Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Um, the One Republic song that they play on the beach uh, football scene, which yeah. What the heck is going on? Who's scoring? Who's keeping track? It doesn't yes. matter, right? They're working as a team, that kind of thing. That that song is is very popular and it fits the tone of the movie. Um, Tom Cruise is just a legend, man. He, yes, he is. Like, if they're ever in Hollywood, I, I believe the A-list actor where they have a must-see movie is it's kind of dying. Like that. Yeah. That. But Tom Cruise, I think, is the last of that 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 breed. Yeah, he's he's getting very much close to that. Um. All I have to say is thank God for Tropic Thunder. Oh, for yeah. like, <laughs> like his his rebirth. Yes, um, you know, yes. 
uh, into movie stardom because he did have, kind of have a lull for yeah. a little bit to where you're like, is Tom Cruise still we, we Tom call, Cruise? We call that the Vanilla Sky period is what we call that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so was it Les Grossman? That was the name? Yes. And uh, it, my goodness, one of the best cameos of all time. Tom yes. Cruise, shout out, man. Uh but yeah, and then not only that, but then the Mission Impossible franchise taking it up a gear. Like for yes, the, but the, the Mission Impossible between Mission Impossible three and four, the drastic change in uh, just stunts and storytelling, it it helped contribute to getting to this point of Top Gun Maverick and the the feats that it goes through to make it impact on us as as audience. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's like basically been like, you know what? I'm just gonna be like stunts. Like right, that is yeah. like, he, and honestly, even like Jack Reacher, like that was oh, a, yeah, that was sure. actually significantly better than I was expecting it to be too. Yeah, and uh, Edge of Tomorrow was right after that. Oh, oh that movie is fantastic, phenomenal. Yes. yes, very underrated, very underrated. Yes. Um, so all that being said, um, Frozen Two versus Top Gun Maverick. Um, Shimano, where are, you, where are you going on this one? How do you feel I, about this? I might have a little bit of recency bias here, but like, and maybe it just been because of the fact that I was a little bit worried going in to Top Gun Maverick. But mm. I'm going to go with Top Gun Maverick. Like, and it just like, it blew my expectations out of the water. Yeah, I think uh, obviously Top Gun, it made in the 80s, right? And uh, yes. the. 30 year gap between that is for me that is generally a red flag right i don't like the idea of that happening is like it's like kind of like when you had the the sequel to like dumb and dumber and you were like this can't be yeah this can't be so yeah there were definitely a lot of red flags attached with that and so my and it getting pushed back a lot too oh man that thing had like a two to three year pushback yes and it was uh it was it was very long long awaited for sure yes but uh when it came out, I think that I was so floored on the quality of that movie, yeah. man, that it just it just stood out so much more than any other movie this year in 2022. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and give it that the edge over Frozen. All right. All right. So I believe you're in full agreement with that one as well. Yes. So that leads us to a final. Uh, Top Gun Maverick versus Lord of the Rings Return of the King. So... Uh, two drastically different movies. Um, yes. One recency bias, and the other one is a classic of the two thousands. So yeah, uh, I say I say classic because it was definitely in the early two thousands that this movie came out. Um, but it kind of redefined a lot of the way we view cinema. Yeah. And uh, for me, uh, when that movie came out, I was. I was young and dumb and and really just I watched movies and didn't really have any critical thinking about them. I just enjoyed them at face value. Uh, but then this the Return of the King came out and I started to understand what filmmaking was and kind of understood what the cinematography meant and, yeah. and the, what the score was all about. And this kind of started to educate me in that aspect of it and. Uh, Honestly, like it really, it really did push push me and my my fandom yeah. in in that type of direction. Yeah, I think it was um, like one of the more interesting parts is it was kind of one of the first franchises to make it to where you know to kind of say that sequels don't necessarily have to be just cash grabs. Like they can be made into cinematic masterpieces, especially going to the third movie. You know, like. Um, 
it isn't just about, you know, we need to push out this next movie because it needs to make us more money to push and push and push. They, and and then just the fact that the fact that they were shot all at once. Right. Like Unheard of. The insanity. Like, I don't think that's that's happened. A, a trilogy. I don't think before or since. Yeah. Like they. just nuts. It's wild. Um, yes. I mean, I, that would be amazing if something happened something these days because yeah. they they honestly started that franchise to tell a story. They, yeah. they That was their main goal. It wasn't to make money. It wasn't to uh, show off all of their cool new tricks in, of the camera, right? Like it was literally to sell, tell a story. Yes. And uh, Peter Jackson at the helm, right? And uh, he was able to do a phenomenal job. And like we mentioned, good, good, great. Like it was, yeah. It was one upping each other. Each movie was one upping each other, and uh, it. With all that being said, that's it. I mean, Top Gun Maverick is is going up against a true juggernaut here. Yeah, I mean, I've it's just it's crazy because like, I mean, I really do think like getting back to it, I think part of the reason why it was so great was because they were shot together, they were there together. There was nothing to get in between any of the movies mm -hmm. that could have caused like, you know, strife in the cast. You know, they were like, yes, they knew what they were doing and getting into, but there was none of that. Like, you know, <laughs> you after the first movie, <laughs> someone like gets, you know, you know, a little bit, you know, you don't get a Vin Diesel in the rock situation. Yeah. Where like, they can't so nobody's getting like, and yeah, no one's getting the franchise. like, but hurt because, <laughs> you know, all like, you know, Mary isn't mad at Pippin because Mary's a little bit more popular than Pippin. Yeah, or like, exactly. you know, it's causing issues inside the, the cast, you know, because they were all shot together and. I build this camaraderie with them and you could feel it when you were when they were on screen yeah. the way that these people were acting. I mean they literally spent two years together. Yeah. Like shooting those yeah, three movies. It's wild. Um and you can like, see it with their chemistry on film. Yeah. You really can. And it's just yeah, it's insane. So obviously we talk up a lot about Lord of the Rings. We've also said a lot of good things about Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Right. For one scene for Top Gun Maverick that I think can actually put up a fight against Lord of the Rings. And it's when they kick out, they kick out Pete, right? I think his name is right. And uh, they kick him out, and they say that you're done, uh, you're not fit to be here anymore, right? And so then the instructor goes to the new instructor goes to teach the students uh, to uh, to train them. Yeah, and they're like. So we're going to go ahead and give you more time and whatever. And they're like, the students are like, well, that's not what we've been training for. Like, we're going to, we're going to die. We're not going to make it. Yeah. And he was like, oh, it's impossible. That kind of stuff. Right. We got to be more realistic. And then all of a sudden Top Gun Maverick himself is in the cockpit. Yes. And he, they're like, what, what's going on? What are you doing? Like, and he is bobbing and weaving and hitting the speeds and the times and the altitude that he needs to be at and everybody is just watching in anticipation like what yeah. is he what is he doing he doesn't even have a uh, a person riding with him a gunner to to show the aim for the 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 base that they need to destroy they do the, he does the crazy over flip of the mountains and comes down aims perfectly inside of the hole shoots directly up in the sky going up to the 8 uh Mach 8 and yeah. then he loops back around, and like he, it's a successful mission. And then at the end of that scene, he says, um, "I should, I should kick you out of here and get you arrested, but all you did is show me that I need you on this mission." And like yeah. that was just a phenomenal scene. And yes. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time of that scene, and it was just incredible. 
yeah, I'll admit that scene was was phenomenal. And in a way, there was like there is a humbleness in the way that he Maverick did it as well. Because at the end, he didn't even completely understand that that's what was happening. Because I don't know if you remember, like, the other, um, like, officer that was there leaned over and he was like, you know what that means, right? Basically, like, you know, was telling him. And it was, like, almost like Maverick was just trying to show them that it could be done rather than showing that he should be on the mission. Right. You know, that yeah, type of idea. I mean, yeah, that's that's really, truly what the, the statement he was trying to make. And he was trying to say, like, hey, I can get my students there. I got yes. that kind of thing. but. <laughs> you know what that means, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, he's on the mission now. Yes, and uh, which led to a fantastic climax. Like, it yes, really, it, the, that was probably one of the better climaxes of uh, any movie in the past maybe ten years. I don't know. It was. It was. It, it was. It was insane. There. Like yeah. it was so. It was yeah. so awesome. Yeah. Uh, twenty twenty two has been, I feel like, a resurgence for movies, and yeah. Top Gun Maverick is one of the ones leading the way for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean. That being said, I feel like it's, I feel like it is a tough, tough matchup here. Um, where 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 are you leaning? I, I mean, I have an idea where you're leaning. I mean, I feel like I gotta go with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like I do too. Um, as as much as I would like to say Top Gun Maverick, um, I'm I'm going to side with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, even though Top Gun Maverick has really strong recency bias, but I think it's I think it's well deserved. Yes. Uh Lord of the Rings still holds up to this day. Yes. And it is a phenomenal movie. And uh I think I'm going to cast my vote there and you do as well and we yep. are going to crown Lord of the Rings Return of the King, which is a yes. 12 seed by the way. Can I just point out this is a 12 seed? Um, yeah. which is insane. Um, as the winner of the top grossing movies of all time, so just goes to show you uh, what has happened to money over the last fifteen. Years. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, for example, uh, <laughs> Shimato and I were like, "Well, let's see what this would have been with inflation," and the number one seed would have been Gone with the Wind. Yes, <laughs> I'm like, no, we'll keep it with no inflation. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. but uh. Yeah, I'm glad we kept uh, Star Wars and superheroes off of this as well. Yeah, because uh, I feel like it it gave us an opportunity to really talk. Yeah, about branch out because otherwise, yeah. legitimately, we would have been just it would have been like uh, MCU movies. It would have been <laughs> it would have been like Avatar, Endgame. and then just a bunch of superhero and Star Wars movies. Like legitimately, um, that is, it would have been just. Yeah, it, it would yeah. have been, and obviously, uh, as our uh, the World Geek uh, podcast Kingdom out there knows, we cover everything Marvel and superheroes um, all the time. So why not branch out and uh, talk about some fun and exciting uh, different movies? I mean, who didn't want to talk about live action Lion King and Beauty and the Beast, right? I mean, come on. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there would only been eight. Eight, eight of the sixteen would have made it that we had on our list. The other eight were all superheroes, which actually is more than I was expecting it to be. But the, uh, yeah. the non a superhero or um, Star Wars related. Oh yeah, Dark Knight would have been on there as well, right? Actually, I don't think it would have been what? in there. Crazy. I don't think money like legitimately the last like ten years has been crazy. There's well, yeah, MCU. I mean, it led the way. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure Infinity War and Endgame are on there, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's only the two movies franchises. in the top 16 before 2011. Yeah, like there's only yeah. two, 
and that's Avatar and Titanic. So nice, yeah. nice. All right, well, we've gone on long enough, uh, over an hour. Um, yep. So yeah, you know, we don't get two movie buffs in the same room talking about movies. That's 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 what T Roll and uh, Markham uh, they they help kind of level it out because. Uh, Shmato and I tend to go to that next level when it comes to uh, movies. So, all of that being said, um, all that being said, uh, thank you for listening. Go follow us on all of our socials at Royal Geek Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, uh, wherever you get your social media fix. Also, go head over to YouTube, like and subscribe for our channel, and uh, continue to. Uh, listen to our content there. I want to go ahead and uh, do a, a, a shameless plug here and uh, check out our uh, anime episode four, uh, Royal Geek Podcast. We went ahead and talked about our uh, six, uh, our top six Pokemon team uh, with the release of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So go head on over to YouTube and check that out. Um, you, you, uh, the anime is definitely uh, kicking up, and uh, there's a there's a there's a there's a demand out there. All you listeners out there who are listening to the uh, anime episodes, thank you. I appreciate it. You guys are doing a great job. But uh, anyway, all that being said, for Shimato and myself, uh, we'll say so we will see you next time, you peasants. Mm-hmm.